is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for... The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, August 5th, 2019, Season 15, Episode number 20. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from Oxnard, California. Bright sunny morning, uh, Monday morning, and the Cowboys have the day off. They will be uh, chilling today. They'll be back at practice tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon at 3.30, their normal time. They got a week of practice, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, and then on Friday, they head off for their first preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers. Before that, though, yesterday, they had their blue-white scrimmage. Some interesting moments from that day. We'll go around the table in a little bit and get some observations from these guys of things that they saw, things you guys should be aware of. We'll also talk a little bit about some injuries. There's some uh, some pretty high-profile names that, have, uh, that are on the injury report now. We'll talk about how important those injuries are and, and the status of those guys. Um, and then we're going to get into defensive backs, which I believe has been the best unit so far out here at training camp, in my opinion. Uh, we'll talk about the cornerbacks and the safeties um, and get some opinions on uh, where that, uh, where those two positions are as far as uh, positions of starters and in depth. How's everybody feeling this morning? I feel great. Great? It's Monday, and we don't really have to work as hard as we usually do. Yeah. And that's an awesome way to start the week, in my opinion. Do you opinion. feel great because of soda? Is soda like have you like energized and uh, ready to go? Soda has me hungry. Um, <laughs> but I d- hey, I weighed myself this morning. I'm down Sorry. seven pounds since I started. I so, do. yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. For those of you who don't know what soda is, it's a weight loss program that you guys, you and Brian, are doing. Yeah, me and the big guy. Yeah, he's down like awesome 25. Job. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Amber was supposed to be on it, and she <laughs> I was didn't even want to like, mention it. Like, she was like, dude, eh. I got on the scale and I've gained weight because you're not following <laughs> the diet. I, I somewhat not that follow she it. needs okay. a diet. That's part of the whole thing. Here, yeah, but. you don't need it. First of <laughs> all, but see, I'm working out more. So when you work yeah. out more, it's muscle. You need, yeah, you it's need muscle. It. It's so muscle. you're gonna gain weight when you hit, when you get muscle, right? Uh, I hope it's muscle. <laughs> What's up, Nick? How's it going? Oh, yeah, I'm out on diet and <laughs> workout talk. We're just trying to get you right. Like, we got to get you right. I you feel gotta... bad for Cody Wickman. Why? Got a calf injury. He's and you know what that feels like. He said some, the doctor said, I mean, the, uh, some of the coaches were saying they could linger a, a whole week. I was like, a whole week? <laughs> Try oh, three months. Man. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know, Nick, well, Nick I'm sure he's himself playing getting football. treatment. Yeah. You, on the other hand, no. you're just, like, limping around and complaining yeah, about I it did. instead of actually wow. getting treatment. Damn. All right. I'm starting wow. it off. Wow. Mean Amber, huh? Well, we got mean Amber this it's morning. It's very simple. <laughs> no, it's not mean. He, he, he needs treatment, and he doesn't get it. That's a good point. That's, That's all fair. Not true. I've been to the emergency room three times since this whole thing. So, no, I've had plenty of treatment. <laughs> it's all good. All right, let's talk about some of these uh, some stuff around the Cowboys. Let's start with blanket coverage. I have one question for you guys today. Rod Marinelli said about the defensive depth, uh, there's not a lot – defensive line depth, I'm sorry. There's not a lot of difference between first, second, and third with some of these guys. Of the depth guys, Blank has had a better camp. Of the uh, of the guys line. that are not the starting type players, the guys that are lower than that. I'll throw a couple names for you. Armstrong, Hill, Jelks, Covington, Taco, okay. Wise. Gotcha. Give, okay. me a, give me a name of a guy that you think is at the best camp of those kinds of guys. Wow. Best camp is obviously Dor- 
Dorrance Armstrong. Absolutely. That's my guy. Yeah, that, that would, I think that's the answer to that. But if we're going to go to a, ne a next wave, yeah, give me another uh, one. Uh, Daniel Wise has been really good. And Jokes has, too. I know Jokes is a guy I talk about a lot, but both of those guys, I think, has. I feel like they're not that far off from each oh. other. I think Wise close. is a guy that they, it's like a, a young, like Tyrone Crawford in training because he can play everything. I mean, you see him on the end. You see him at tackle. I think he could probably get into a, a one technique. He's, I just think he's a, he's a versatile player. That They, they, they like had it. him coming off the edge a couple of days ago. Uh, Joe Jackson is another one who actually he hasn't had this amazing camp, but they let him tackle out there yesterday, and all of a sudden he was all over the place. So, I mean, that it's a cliche, but it's a very real thing. You know, some of these guys need the contact aspect to really kind of show their game, and maybe Joe Jackson's one of them because he looked good yesterday. Yeah. Or take a step back because that's and the other thing. When sure. you start hitting, yeah. then you, got, you see a yeah. little bit more about what they can do especially offensive guys as far as being hit and how, holding mean, on the ball, all those kinds of things. It, and there's, like Dave said, I mean, there is something to it because when you get to the NFL and you practice all summer, and you, what's a hundred? What's 50%? Like, I don't know what you, Tyron's 50%, what's my 50%, but when you get to a game and, and, or a practice like this and you're like, just tackle, it's everyone's 100%, so it doesn't matter. Because that, that's where most fights happen at practice. It's a guy that hits harder than he's supposed to, and then like, wait, what? And now you hit my guy. It's a cheap shot. And now you start fighting. You get to a game, and it's just like yeah. it's all in. Let's, let's go. go. That's also why you know you have these teams that well, oh, Cowboys yeah. used to do this, where you pull two teams together to practice during training camp. I think that's a recipe for disaster because if you've been practicing at one level, like your team, you know kind of how hard you're hitting, you know how fast you're going. Some of it's not on the same page, and the other team might be they might be going all out, and you don't. And then all of a sudden you have that collision of these two different mindsets, and then guys take personal, take it personal, and, and then they really don't care about their Jordan right. Chuns. Exactly right. Like you just we will hit him yeah. hard. Yeah, so it, it's I, been terrible every time I've ever seen it. it yes. I mean, <laughs> Chargers and we, we went to San Diego. That yep. was just a fight fest. Denver flows out. Adams ripped his helmet off and threw it and and, and basically hit a player in the head with it. Um, I'll hear caught. the Raider thing like that was yeah the fan Raiders and Rams like Raiders both and of those. the Rams yeah, was like yeah. the malice oh, at the God. palace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I saw this morning on NFL Network. There are several teams today. They're starting practices with each other and. I was just like, good for them. I'm, yeah, I, I'm glad we that. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know why I always laugh about it's an inside joke when the Rams walked out to practice that day. <laughs> Dave was so mad at those people. Which We're, people? Just their their version of us. They just walked out on their, the field. Their media team rubbed me the wrong way. What did they do? And it they was weird because Dave, that was a point where your first, second, third year. My third year, And, yeah. you, were, you know, nothing really gets Dave, like, rattled. Right, yeah. That's what guys, I'm wondering. Like, these what? guys just walked out, and the, the, it was like – our group, you know, but th they come out like, what do we got here? They're they just around. were, they uh, just were kind of like, obnoxious. They were kind of acting like they own the place. I was like, who the hell are y'all? Oh man, <laughs> did you get worse a shot than in that. when the fights broke Worse out? than no. that, it was <laughs> no. that would have been funny. If you the just first time I've seen you, because he's always the guy that's like, does it really matter? Right. Like, calm down. Who cares? You right. know, which is true, which is a good attitude. But that particular day, <laughs> those Rams, he just wasn't know. having it. Should have right. been in there helping my guys. Yeah, I didn't. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what how much help I would have been. <laughs> Let's talk some injuries. Uh, there are a couple guys that have popped on the injury report this weekend. Uh, while we weren't doing shows, I wanted to catch up on Zach Martin and Amari Cooper, to be exact. And then also, just for kicks, give me a, an update if you have one on Sean Lee. Start first with Zach Martin. What are we hearing about him? Um, I think it, hearing that. It's enough for him to rest, you know. I mean, he's back injury. he got a back injury, and he's, you know, I, I just think it's a situation where 
He's had something in the in the summer. This isn't the first time. He's had a little irritation there. So this might be a manage a thing they have to manage, which isn't it's, good. It, it's, it's a good. thing. It's a thing they're gonna have to manage. I, it just just it just is. It's a back problem for an offensive lineman. Like you, your whole the whole position is about like leveraging your body and having people push back against you. Like right. that's gonna hurt your back when you sit down. Which yeah. is literally, I'm not saying sit, but I'm saying when you yeah. when a, when a guys rushing an interior lineman, the point is they want to basically get to a point where they get a stalemate and they just have this guy. The nature of that is. Your you back bent. is arched right. and you're being bent backwards. Right. So it's that's it, there's no way it's around. It's not gonna it. be good. Yeah. Luckily, you know, from the MRI, it sounds it's not a big deal. It's not like this herniated disc or some major problem. It's just an irritation. But you know, every time he plays his position, it's probably gonna get irritated. Luckily, he's one of the toughest mofos around, so I have <laughs> no doubt he can fight through that. But it's just probably going to be something he has to manage. So. How, but is, how much does that concern you, knowing that, again, talking about the fact that every play that's probably going to be something that's going to happen to him, and when you start talking about a full season, his availability, his effectiveness, we've seen other guys with back injuries. Do you think he'll be as good as he has always been, or do you think this affects him, uh, just knowing that that irritation is there, and, and it may not be anything they can really do about it? Both. I think he'll be as good as he's been, and I think it yeah. will affect him. I think he's that type of guy. I also think the next time he hits anyone, they'll be wearing a Giants jersey. That's what I, I There's think. There's no point in putting him out here. How many times did Jerry mention the word? Uh, the, Giants. the Giants. Yeah, he's Three? mentioned it a few times. Yeah, I mean, the Giants. Oh, it was was another injury. Cooper. He's yeah. like he said, Doctor. He's, like, if, he's like, if we were lacing up Dr. Jerry, you know, if we were lacing <laughs> yeah. up to play the Giants, he'd be out there. But, what's mm -hmm. you know, why risk him? Transitioned right into your Cooper. Which talk. Amari Cooper's fine. He's he's fine. He he bruised his heel, and again, it's Oxnard. He's Amari Cooper. Let's not be silly. He's fine. Uh, I'm very confident about that. So, you know, he might be out there tomorrow. He might not be, but he's fine. But whether he's out there or not, the 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 idea is that he's fine. He, yeah. It's just if they're I mean, he's not out there, they're just not putting him out. You know what's really going long. on here, right? But, I mean. We, we've been hearing about how small this plane is from Dallas to, I mean, from Oxnard to San Francisco. Trying to know? get some guys. At yeah, play. if guys are kind of banged up, you're like, great, you're not playing in the game. You stay back. You stay back. They're, they're just working on the itinerary. <laughs> <for> the <trip. laughs> Smart, honestly. Uh, Sean Lee dinged his MCL. He says he, he feels good. He's progressing well. Um, he's working through his rehab. He doesn't know when he'll be back. It's uh, Like we talked about, it's probably one of those things where – if there was a game on Sunday, it would probably be a different story. But, again, why are you a 32-year-old veteran with an injury history? Why are you trying to rush him through? Just be patient. Um, I'm curious to see when we see him again because I, I don't know the answer to that. Injury provides opportunity is mm -hmm. what I always say. And, uh, and basically just giving these young linebackers a chance to do something. Luke Gifford's a guy that gets to do some things there at linebacker. I think he's making making some plays. Justin Since they were, they were able to have a little bit more contact yesterday, was there a guy, a linebacker, that, that maybe stood out to you a little bit when you talk about opportunity? You know, not not really. Uh, I don't think that they those guys did a lot. Maybe Brian Scott, uh, Scout's eye has uh, you know some linebackers there. I haven't seen that yet. But I, I will say this. I think linebacker is a position that is a little – it's not as deep as you think it is because it's very top-heavy. But after two – really just two – the questions start at three. The questions start with Sean Lee's health. And then after that, who? Who's who's a lock to make the team? 
Oh, see, I think I feel pretty differently about that. Ah. I think Joe Thomas is a lock to make the team, okay. just in terms True. of his versatility. I forget him every single time he's on the roster. I just forget he's on the team. Which I don't know why. It's, it, well, it's fair because there's Joe not a, there's not a lot of snaps for him, but like he's a solid, he's a solid player. Solid. Really he is a solid player. He I can just do forget a little about bit. He reminds me of Durant, like in that way. Like he's, he's just yeah. a solid guy. He's just a new. He's not a great guy, but I know he's a what solid it is. Guy, really solid. I know what it is. The number. Get out of the forties. I can't. I can't take you seriously. I don't know why. I don't know why that's stupid. That's a dumb. Is there any good linebacker in the like NFL that's sitting uh, in the forties? Deion Jones, uh, LSU, let's say, forty-five. Yeah, he's a boss. The, uh, he is a Falcons, good player. Right? Uh, yeah, Devin White, yeah. LSU, also going to be a boss <laughs> in the forties. Just saying, LBU. He's just going to run off the LSU guys. Um, no, I will. Um, <laughs> right, I mean, okay. no. Let's keep it on the tracks <laughs> okay. because I think I think Justin March Lillard's a lock to make this team. A lock. A lock. Justin March. A lock. Lord. Yes, he has I, been good out here. Did you see his one-handed yeah, interception the other day? It was yeah. great. He made an awesome play. He can play multiple positions. He's a special teams guy. He's a Garrett type of guy. Just a you know good attitude, good dude. I mean, you know, you can't. I can't definitively say lock because it's the NFL. Dan Bailey got cut last year. But <laughs> what do you think? Five or six. At linebacker, I, I, I guarantee you six, and I think seven is even seven. possible. Okay. Yeah, they love, they love linebackers because yeah, that's yeah. who does the heavy lifting at special teams. Sean Lee's got an injury history, all that good stuff. So if you're right, really, there's only one spot, one to two spots left for the other guys. Cause I you, think those, you already think that those five, those five are, are here, and yeah. then you're looking at Luke Gifford, Covington. you're looking uh, Chris Covington. Um, you know, Nate Hall's done some stuff. I don't know if I'm ready to put him on the team, but there's, yeah, it's a, kind of an open competition between a bunch of those young, cheap guys. Yep. But I think – I think Gifford is the guy, the the next guy there. I mean, yeah. I think he's the he's, sixth guy right yeah. now. I think he – you know, and, and we, we talked about him. It's like, what do you got to do? All you got to do is really be better than Chris Covington mm. or maybe Justin Marshall Lillard. But I feel – I feel like you keep six. I just feel, you know – Right now on August fifth, I'll be surprised if Justin March Willard isn't on the team. All right, let's take our let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to get into some observations from the blue white scrimmage that happened yesterday afternoon. Really fun time. Uh, these guys will tell us what they saw, some things that stood out to them. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love, I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk ex- and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. While a player could look good on paper... 
It's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from Oxnard, California. It's Dallas Cowboys training camp. It is day, I think, like nine or something. I don't Doesn't know. matter. I'm so like lost. 12. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Yesterday was practice eight, eight, which makes this is probably day 12. This is the halfway day. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, we're, you know, like, we're up at the top of the hill if this is, you know, the roller coaster, and yeah. we're about to go down real fast because yeah. we got an off day. There's tra- there's two travel days in the next five. There's a game. And then all of a sudden, we're hopping a plane to Hawaii and going back to Dallas. Yes. I'm, yes. Exci- I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we've been here forever. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into some observations from the blue-white scrimmage. I want you guys to tell me some things. We'll go around the table. Tell me some things you saw yesterday that you thought were really, really interesting. Nick, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, number one, I'd like to change the word and not call it a scrimmage anymore. But It's a scrimmage, okay. Nick. Okay. Um, just, just a few plays of tackling out there. But, sorry. <laughs> I do it after the fact. I get all your promotion. Just all glad your pro- it's him nitpicking right now because it's usually that, but me. But that's always Nick, though. Like. Well, everyone's like, where's the scrimmage start? I'm like, it is starting. It's just tackling. <laughs> so stop. It's not like a kickoff. There's no heads, tails, or whatever. <laughs> but we call it a scrimmage. All right. All right. It's Anyways, a scrimmage, Nick. Go. Um, there was some, some tackling going on. I, I thought the running backs. Um, I thought Jordan Chun. That's a thing now. I think he he's a guy. Jameez Olawale was supposed to be the thumper back. That's not happening. I don't, we don't see that happening. Jordan Chun, I think, is is the one taking the most adv- advantage of Zeke not being here because Tony Pollard is going to do what he does, and, and and that's good. And Weber did some nice things too. But I I think Jordan Chun is a guy. He's a big, powerful back. And I think he's making a difference. You know, that's interesting. I actually thought that Pollard was the guy that was making the most of it because when we first started camp, it seemed like the first team reps were pretty much going to Daryl Jackson. Uh, I'm sorry, um, to, Darius. to Jackson, Darius Jackson, Darius Jackson and uh, and to Chun. And it seemed like as, as it's progressed, you're seeing Pollard more and more with the first team. And I thought maybe, and Dave, you, you and I talked about this yesterday, and you kind of had this opinion too. It almost felt like at first they were like, well, yeah, let's just keep Tony kind of in that, that secondary role. And as time went on, they were like, huh. He might be pretty good. We might want to give him a little bit more and see and fine. where else we can use him. And I thought maybe it, it lets them know, you know, is this a situation where he's a guy that's a third down back? Maybe not. Maybe he's a guy that can take a series right. rather than just third I, down. I think really what I'm saying, he's he's a lock to make this team regardless yes, of he Zeke's is. here or not. And, right. and yeah, the, if he, the more he can prove, the more snaps he'll get. But a guy, Darius Jackson's not a lock. They went and got Alfred Morris, Chun. Uh, I think Chun's the guy from that group that's moving him more into consideration of maybe making the team. Yeah, and everything you just said about Pollard is right, but he is so entrenched that he was really more part of the non-contact first-teamer right. scrim- uh, practice as opposed to the scrimmage. He where wasn't they, getting hit. They let the young guys get after it. Yeah. Uh, Mike Weber really, I thought, showed some stuff. He had a great touchdown run. He spun out of a dog pile and, and beast mode and prompted the first – this is the age we're living in, but the first public comments by Ezekiel Elliott since he <laughs> started his holdout, you know, he retweeted our video of Mike's touchdown and sent three uh, steaming face emojis, which now all these 
lame sports writers are in a tizzy trying to figure out what that means. <laughs> it means he's proud of his yes. Ohio State teammate. I don't say I can mean That's anything it else. Right. Like, it doesn't make sense to people. I've heard else. so many people like, oh, he's mad because that's no, not him, that's or he's not mad because they have another running back. Yeah. No, that's not what that means. It means look at my guy yeah, scoring a touchdown. My Let's dude go. Is, is, is wrecking. Yeah. Not a lot of. Not everybody understands emoji culture, as it turns out. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I didn't even see it, so why would I talk about but, it? So that was that was cool to see, but really, if you want me to be honest, my number one impression from yesterday is, is kicker a problem? Oh, my God. That's what I was hey. going to talk about. Is kicker a problem? All right, because that is a big problem. Two-minute drill. Cowboys offense is down 19-17. to 17. There's like a minute and change. Dak guides him down the field. It wasn't beautiful, but, you know, he throws it to Witten. He gets it to Gallup on the other sideline. Beautiful little slant to Randall Cobb, who takes it. Probably would have been a touchdown in a right. real game, but in this environment, he's downed it like the two. And uh, Brett Maher comes on for the game-winning 32-yard field goal <laughs> with three seconds left and shanks it way left. Uh, and not only that, but it was like a low kick. It was just ugly. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm worried about the kicker position, if I'm being honest with you, because – it's a trend now. It's and he's he's missed kicks. He's had one perfect day. Uh, Saturday he went nine for nine. That was great. But every other day he's missed at least one. And as we've seen with Brett Maher, it's not the forty-eight yarder that he's missing out here. It's the thirty-three, thirty-five, forty-yard kicks extra like the gimmies. Right. But points. when you say when you say it's a trend, in my opinion, that was a trend last year. It was, which was why it was so shocking. But it's not to me. any better here. And that's my point. That's why it's somewhat shocking to me. That they have, they didn't bring in more competition for him this year during training camp than a guy that, let's be honest, is not gonna displace him. Yeah. Um, and that, that to me is the part that's really, really strange you know, about all that. I've always defended the kicker because of other reasonings. I don't know, but then yesterday, after getting a little taste of what is to come, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't want any of that this year. I don't want to deal with that stress again. And. and Especially on a day that matter. I mean, yesterday was the closest to like a real game, you know, scenario, and he he effed it up. <laughs> Put it bluntly, as yeah. you do. He effed <laughs> it up, and, and that's not good. That's not. And that when you talk about bringing in competition, it's mind blowing that they haven't really, like, how? Uh, why? Well, I will say Hold this. On. Go, go. Let me say to that, I think most kickers understand, you should understand, that you are, this is a competition. They don't need to see the guy next to you to know that there's somebody better than that. Yeah, he doesn't the have to learn a system. Hooked you know, right. like that. To play. Yeah. So, so, so I get that. I, I understand what you're saying, but the, the, I would imagine the scouts over here have this list. They know, okay, this guy. Now, he's not out here kicking, and he probably needs to be because that would be better for both of them. Right, but that would be my thought is more just to show him here's who you're competing against and create competition because they do it at every other position on the I field. I hope he knows. Like, I, and I, I, I heard Will yeah. do an interview earlier this week where he was talking about it. He was like, our goal is to get as many good guys at every position as we can because it ups the value of the competition. Not only are the younger guys competing against each other, they're pushing the older guys. And so in this instance, it's just having that guy beside because this guy that's out here right now is not pushing him. Casey I think, he's right. a punter too. He yeah, punts. Right. I think Nick is right. Like Brett Maher – He's he's been a professional kicker for a long time because remember he was in the CFL for four or five years. He understands like you're not going to last long in any league missing 32 yeah. That's yarders. That's true, on but it's very different 
then know, knowing that versus actually having someone standing right next to you that's about to kick right after you. Yeah. yeah. So I like the pressure of I like honestly I like putting kickers in pressure situations because that's what their whole job is is pressure. Yeah. So yeah. the more you can put them in pressure situations and they learn how to kick through pressure the better they're going to be. Right. It's well. something to keep an eye on. I, I bet you Casey Redfern's not going to kick much in these preseason games. No, and if want. his if it's a shaky if it's a shaky set of games, then then we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and you remember Brett Maher has been on that list, the yeah. list of here's ten guys available. I'm sure Maher has been on there two or three years ago as a guy. Oh, he's in the CFL. He's kicking up there, and you know. Yeah. I don't know. Edmonton. I don't remember. I want to say Winnipeg, Blue Bombers maybe. You know, I don't kick know. up there, you're probably pretty good. But yeah, you're right. about It's the extra points. It's the 35-yarders. It's the 41-yarders. It's the ones, you know, 59-yarder. Yeah, he can make it into the net, and that's great. And it'll be in the media guide as the all-time 62-yard field goal. That's great. But it's if it's set 19 to 17 and he Oof. missed a kick like that from the two, I mean, yeah, I mean, 32-yard field goal, that's, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, somebody on Twitter, I was tweeting about this yesterday, and somebody responded to me and said, the Maharati doesn't go below 50, and I laughed really that's hard. That was pretty good. That was, <laughs> whoever sent me that, that was inspired. That's actually really Way to good. go. All right, let's I'm sorry, start. I'm, that's actually like a 21-yarder, isn't it? If it was from if the two-yard line? five. Well, well extra points. Oh, because extra points are pushed back. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. So what yard if line? If it was from the two, he was probably no, kicking from it, the 10. It was a 32-yard oh, kick. Okay, so okay. Right. what's that, 22 minus? Yeah. So it was from the 15-yard line. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Can I give my observation? Yes, give me your observation. Okay, thank go. you. <laughs> you know, I don't feel good what they're doing at the red zone. Uh, I was expecting to see things better and when i see the competition like there there are times i feel good about the balance that is being created between the offense and the defense i feel that although the defense has been able to step it up a little more than the offense it's kind of pretty well balanced which is essentially what you're looking for when you're competing out here at training camp but when they came down to the red zone the things that they were doing i mean to me that I don't see that much improvement or anything that better than what we, what we saw last year. I don't know from you guys' perspective, but what they were doing yesterday did not excite me at all. Was it the first play of well. red zone when they had, when he hit Tony in the end zone? Was that the first play? I know it was in the first period of red zone that they did. He definitely he hit him. He hit Witten for a touchdown in the red zone. Yeah, that's what I was meaning Witten. I'm sorry. Oh, he, well, he there found were a couple. The there were he a found couple. Two. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there were a couple of plays, yeah. but for the most part, it wasn't that good. He kept missing, and then um, not just not just Dak, even the backup guys too. It's like y they're having time to scramble and run around and not finding any guy. I mean, shout out to the defense for doing a great job for covering, but when it came down to it, it, it just wasn't enough to meet on in the red zone area. I actually asked Dak about that yesterday because he talked to us, and I'm I was like, you know, here at training camp, you want to beat the defense, but like, you could it's a bad thing if you're beating them too much, right? Like you you want to be able to count on them, you want them to help you during the season. So how do you kind of balance your frustration about not having success with what that might mean about your defense? And he was like, yeah, it's you know, it's been a lot of give and take. Uh, I think his direct quote was like, you know, we haven't come up and we haven't come out and bullied them, but they damn sure haven't been bullying us either, which 
I think the defense is – if I had to give an edge to one side of the ball so far this camp, I would give it to the defense. Which is natural. I think at most camps the defense usually starts a little ahead of the offense. But remember, we have watched many training camps here where it was just embarrassing for the defense. Yeah. Like – they weren't very good. Dez yeah. just yeah. doing whatever he yeah. wants to do, Witten being open all the time, all that good stuff. So, I mean, you could say the same for the defensive line, but, I mean, the red zone is going to work if you can run the football. So nothing, no play action to Pollard or anything like that. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge yeah. that right now. When Zeke is back there, that, that'll change things. And I'm sure that they say, well, Crawford, D-Law will change things as well. Yeah, but it's not even just Zeke. It's Zeke. It's the fact that the quarterback legitimately can run. The defense yeah. has to pay attention to that. Out here, they don't really work because they can't tackle him anyway, right? So that isn't as big of a concern, I wouldn't think. The um, and then you didn't have Cooper out here. I mean, uh, yeah, Amari Cooper out here yesterday. So I think when you think about all those things, I'm a little less concerned with what I saw. I was actually excited to see the touchdown to Witten because that's one of the things we talked about that he could maybe provide for this team was a little extra help in the red zone. If they can figure that out, I think that does create a little bit more of an option for you in the red zone, but your horses, the guys that are going to really get you to the end zone, weren't out there yesterday, not in the way that they'll be out there if they're back and healthy for the regular season. I get it. I mean, I yeah, when you start plugging in those guys in there, obviously things are completely are going to change completely, yeah. but I, I, I guess I just had more expectations at this point, you know, seeing what the things that Kellen Moore has been doing with the offense and getting creative and all that. I, I was just excited to see that yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get what I wanted just yet. So yeah. that that was more of it, you know. I do think I, I I agree with you for the record. Is it, it honestly just across the board the offense like it's it's been a little lackluster. They haven't been kicking butt. And again, it's I'm trying to juggle how I feel about that. Is like, well, is this encouraging for the defense, or should I feel like the offense doesn't have it together? But I've seen enough to give me optimism like yeah. uh Cedric, offensively yeah yeah Cedric Wilson took a reverse out in from 25 yards yesterday it was a beautiful little I think Jordan Chun started off with it I mean the defense was completely clueless it, w it was a really pretty play and you see things like that you know the the throw from Dak to Randall Cobb that set up Maher's miss was gorgeous um so there's enough there to have me feeling optimistic and I'm sort of trying to find my way to the middle, like, well, maybe they're just really evenly matched. Maybe this is just good for both sides. One of the things that stood out to me yesterday, my big observation that rides with that is a number of defensive turnovers. And that's been, in my opinion, a theme throughout camp. This defense is getting a lot of turnovers, relatively speaking, interceptions, forced fumbles. Xavier Woods again um, yesterday. Yeah, and, and that to me, I think, that's the area where I'm very excited that if that could translate for the defense into the season, that would be probably the biggest knock you had on them from last year. They were good in a lot of areas. Getting the ball and giving it back to the offense was not one of them. So if they can get that and become more consistently uh, yeah. can do that, I think it's really a good thing for the team. How has it been in the past, training camps? I don't remember. As, mean, far as far as turnovers, turnovers? Yeah. I don't recall a time when I've seen as many turnovers as I've seen this year. Now, maybe I'm – just missing it, but it seems like this year every day right. there are a few. Something. Yeah, there are a few every day. It seems like their guys are knocking balls out, and you got to fumble. There are guys that are intercepting the ball. Like, and again, this is all being done, and we'll talk about that when we get into the secondary. Without what I think is their best cornerback, um, I think I think there's something very positive he about what's going turnovers. on with this unit. He doesn't, but maybe he would out here. Maybe maybe he would out in this camp because no, they are they are getting their hands on balls and they're actually turning it over. So. Um, I, I think it's a really good thing for him right now. 
All right, let's, um, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go ahead, before we get to our final segment, we're going to talk about the defensive backs. We're going to go ahead and take our final break. We'll come back. I do want to talk about the cornerbacks and the safeties. As I say that, a cornerback, the best cornerback walks around the corner. Uh, but yeah, all let's take a break. Himself. Let's oh, take that, a break. Great timing. Yeah. Let's great. take a break. When we Wonderful. come back, we'll get into it. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from Oxnard, California. Uh, Cowboys have a day off today. They'll be back in practice tomorrow. They'll have a walkthrough tomorrow morning and then their uh, normal afternoon practice at 3.30 Pacific time. Uh, we're we're going to talk about defensive backs for this team. And as I said in the earlier part of the show, I believe this has been uh, the best unit, if you were going to say, who's been the, for me, who's been the best unit throughout training camp. I think it's been the defensive backs, not only because of what they've done with Byron Jones out, but just because Every day, guys are making plays, and it's not even just your top line guys. You got your top line guys, guys making plays. You got depth guys making plays. Um, I just think this unit has been very, very solid. I want to get some opinions from you guys, though, from the defensive back standpoint. What have you? What's your overall perspective on what you think uh, they've been so far going coming into camp, based on what you thought of them coming into training camp? I honestly, I think we're seeing a lot of the. You know, every off season, there's like the. You know, everything is as rosy as it could be, right? Like, this guy's going to make the leap, and this guy's going to play better and understand more, and every year everybody's supposed to get better. But that's sort of 
what it looks like out here with all these DBs. You know, going obviously we haven't seen Byron, but like going down the line, Xavier Woods for my money is having the best camp of anyone. Him and Malik Collins are like on a tear. Yep. Uh, he's got three or four interceptions. He's in the right place at the right time. It seems like he's reading the field. Jeff Heath is doing Jeff Heath things. You know, he's got two. Two of his patented takeaways where it's just like, well, he was where he was supposed to be, and the ball popped out, and, and there he goes. Uh, so they both look fantastic. And then on and on down the line, Cheeto Woodsier just looks solid. Like he, he's glued to these guys. He looks like he's taking a step in the right direction. The young guys, to me, have really impressed. Uh, Mike Jackson, you know, he's the Richard prototype. He's got these long arms. We feel good about him. He's out here showing it. He's had so many plays – especially on like short developing routes like comebacks and slants where he uses that length to disrupt the play. He's picked off two balls that way where he's just so long that he got in front of the receiver before the ball got there. Really impressive stuff. Um, we didn't mention him when we were talking about the blue-white scrimmage, but Donovan Wilson is another guy which, you know, the scouts told me when they drafted him, this is a dude who needs pads to excel, and it sure as heck looks that way. Uh, he forced a fumble on Reggie Davis yesterday. Um He's just—he's a physical guy. He's gotten in several, um, what would you call them, collisions with running backs. Where you know, he's just a physical dude. He looks like he brings that to the table. Uh, I'm struggling to come up with a DB who hasn't really done much to impress me. I guess Chris Westry—he's been obviously out for a decent portion of this. But other than that, I think most of these guys look really good. Yep. Sorry, I just kind of covered. <laughs> what else can you say oh, after all that? I was laughing because I was like, I'm going to say Chris Westry is the only guy you haven't mentioned. So what is <laughs> you know, I mean, other than all right, I'll give Sorry. you, well, you I'll, know no, what? That's good, though. What, Alumba's I, what I like, though. Shoot, I forgot Alumba, that who guy too. maybe had the best single day of any DB just in terms of ma he made six plays in one practice on Saturday. Yeah. I was going to say that what I really like from this whole group is that they don't give up. Even after you think that the play is over, they, they just keep going, you know. It, and usually when you get to this point of training camp sometimes and you feel like you didn't play that play very well, you just stop and just like, yeah, put your head down and keep walking off. These guys don't do that. They just keep going. And how could they not? Like when you got Chris Richard yeah, out there kidding. yelling at you. So I love that, that this whole group is just, it just goes for it and keeps going. Even if they messed up, they just keep going. Yeah. So here's a question for you, Nick. If Byron Jones were to miss games, what's your comfort level with the guys that are playing right now? Uh, one game yeah. the, against the Couple Giants? Games. Let's say two or three games. <laughs> it doesn't sound like the Giants have anybody. They have <laughs> yeah, the no, right? receiver. Um, th if that's a game that he's going to miss. I mean, not I, saying that he is, again, no. just no, if he were to miss on a game, you, yeah. um, you know, not not great because, I'd, I again, and through all the stuff that Dave said, and, Dave, and, and he's going off of what you see over here, which is all you can do. I've just seen too many games in the preseason. We're going to get to the game, and I just have this feeling that in the fourth quarter we're going to have about four pass interference penalties or you know give up some plays. I mean, that's been an issue for this team. And so you think, wow, Lumba's doing great, and, and Anthony Brown's done a good job, and Mike Jackson. And then and then we're going to get to a game, and we're going to be like, wow, some guy, num their number, number 11 for them, Johnson, whoever, yeah, you know, just had two catches for 85 yards and a touchdown, and you're like, well, now we're back to the drawing well, board again. The other thing too is you see so much more in practice. Like, you know, uh, they did red zone one on ones right here, and every single receiver and every single DB got at least four reps, if not five or six. So, you know, like, oh well, Jordan Lewis gave up a touchdown right there, but then he bounces back and breaks one up. 
you know, and you're so you're left with a favorable impression. Whereas in the game, that ain't it ain't the same thing. Couple. If you give up the play, or you might only get really one opportunity to make mm-hmm. the play, and if you don't do it, then sorry, that's it. So it's easier to make a favorable impression when you get 15 opportunities per per practice. So I know it's not going to be as pretty as it looks out here, but again, all you can go off of is what you've seen. And they all look pretty damn good. I didn't even mention Jordan or Anthony Brown, and they've both been solid out here too. Yeah. Let me ask you that question, and then since you bring up Anthony Brown, who's been the best of the of those guys? Cheeto, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. Who's been the best of those three? Probably, I would say probably Cheeto has been the best. Again, we don't, you know, I'm not grading off a curve. I think he's the best. Jordan has been a guy that that's maybe you surprise people the most but i think jordan i mean i think he's everywhere he's he all over the field everywhere you look you see 27 yep. pop up yeah i would agree with that um i think cheeto yeah cheeto might be the best but i would also say cheeto gets his hands on the least amount of footballs which is first of all that's what pops off at you on your when you're watching and that's also you know it's how you make pro bowls and get your name in noticed in league circles and stuff like that too anthony brown I don't know if he'll ever go to a Pro Bowl or ever be, like, in the upper echelon of NFL corners, but, like, he's just going to play for a while and just have a really nice career. Like, yep. he doesn't get enough credit for being a pretty good football player. Yep. Amber, you have an opinion on that one? Best of those three. <laughs> I mean, it's not much different than that. I, I think the most solid one has been uh, Cheeto mm-hmm. out of the whole group. And, my guy, I love – um jordan lewis and like i said every time i look he's he's everywhere i'm like what is happening how can he keep popping out of everywhere yeah jordan lewis to me is is like uh dorance armstrong in that okay like he's he he's covering you know these guys pretty well he's covering reggie davis well he's covering john v johnson well like he needs to go up against amari go up against cobb and yeah and gallop and 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 not that he doesn't i think he gets to, to face some of that but but I think that's where that's where in the same with Dorrance Armstrong, like I, you know, when he did that against Tyron, it's like okay, now he's really making a, a jump here. I'll tell you this: I don't want Byron to miss games, and I won't feel good about it if he does. But the first three weeks of opponents, <laughs> you couldn't ask for a more favorable matchup with wide receivers. I mean, yeah. S- Sterling Shepard's a good player. Um, Giants. Devontae Parker, it's Giants. Washington and Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker's all right when he's healthy. The Redskins have Doxon and uh, Paul Richardson. Like it's, it's, the question will be who will be quarterback Washington for week two. That'll matter yeah. too. Yeah, I, don't know, I just they love making us play back to back division games. Isn't this the exact same schedule we had a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. It, Giants. It was Giants at Washington. Sixteen. Yeah, they we they've opened with two straight East opponents like three of the last four years. I don't know why. But that's they they like doing that. That's okay. the game of the year. Right How there. long do you, you think? Say that every it year. is. That's the game of the year. That one right there. Nick game of the year is like Nick is obsessed with week the week week two. Like, are you going to be two and zero oh or one and one? That's like. <laughs> and I also believe I wouldn't just say that, but the I do think that that I think the Redskins is that's going to be a game because you're going to have to be battling with the Eagles. What do you do against the Redskins? What do you do in your division game, especially a road one? You lost that one before. That game, I wouldn't have say that if it was just Miami at home or whatever. But this year particularly, I think that is a huge game. All right. So which of the young guys do you think has been Wait, more? Wait, I have a question. Oh. How long do you think 
it, it's going to take Byron Jones to get back into, like, game day shape. Because if he doesn't practice he until, just walked like, past us. He looks fine. He's right. Okay. He's just athlete. I know. Yeah, I'm he can walk around, yeah. obviously. No, I, I, he's in pretty good shape. <laughs> he is. He looks good. He's okay, not going to play. He's not going to play. It's though. very different getting in there and playing right. corner. But I suspect he'll be practicing. By the time the Cowboys get back to the star, they'll have two weeks before the season begins. That's kind of in my mind when I'm thinking I would hope and expect to see him back in practice, give himself two weeks of practice. Again, he probably won't play any of the other of those preseason games. Right. But I think he could he could hopefully and start getting in at that one. point and he's ready for week one. Yeah, I, That's kind of the timetable I'm thinking about for him and Tank. Like As long as they can practice yeah. at some point when we're back at the star, then I think it'll give them enough time as veterans. That should give them enough time to be ready to play when week one starts. They don't need a preseason game to be ready to play. Right. Really. I tend to agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so which of the younger guys at cornerback has been more impressive, Mike Jackson or Donovan Alumba? Donovan Alumba. Mm. That's a good one. Um, I mean, Alumba. Alumba had arguably the best day for any single player. I mean, he broke up. He broke up everything they threw his way in one on ones. He picked off two passes in the same team period. Uh, Jackson's just been surprisingly consistent for yeah. a rookie, though, in my opinion. Like, he kind of, you know. And he's, That's one or two every day, it looks yeah, like. It feels yeah. like. Um, and, you know, he's a draft pick. I know, you know, they always say it's not about how you got here, but that's a lie. It is. <laughs> um, so, I lean I lean toward Jackson, even though, I mean, that's not a knock on Alumba. I think he's been pretty solid out here. And six corners make the team? I don't know. They've uh, done that, it that was actually going to be my next question is how many make it and who are they? Because, again, you're not talking about a guy. I mean, as we're going down this list, there's a pretty decent number of cornerbacks that are pretty good. Now, if you're going to go six, you feel like you kind of got your guys. But if you're going to go five, you got to make a pretty interesting decision. You know, and you have to make a decision, too, for for next year, which I know that sounds weird. But yeah, you do. But yeah. you look at the fact that Byron Jones is, is you know, this is the last year of his, his deal. We'll see if he gets a new one. I don't think they're in a real hurry to get anything done there. You also got the last year for Anthony Brown. Jordan Lewis will be in a situation where they could maybe do something with him next year. So, I mean. No, oh, I think Mike Jackson is going to make this team right. because he's on a four-year affordable contract. True. He's, That's a, he's making the as team. As long as he is – Passable, but know? I think I don't know if you can. If you really like Alumba, I don't know if you, if you can get rid of that, knowing that you might be in a situation next year where you, you need two or three more corners, and you just let this guy go because he wasn't going to make an impact on this team, but he could. You know, they really they weirded me out last year because they only kept nine DBs, and I think that's the first time they've done that in the time that I've been here. That it's you can usually count on ten, you, whether it's six corners and four safeties or five and five tight end. They've all well, maybe, but and I keep so it for ten. No, no But will they? I mean, will they still? Will they go back up to ten DBs? I mean, you got you got depth everywhere on the D line. We're talking about seven linebackers. Will they keep three quarterbacks? No. I think Two. you're right, but yep. I'm curious. I, Mike White hasn't done anything where you have to keep him. Mike White hasn't done anything where I, where the teams are going to be like, oh, I'm taking him. I don't think. I think he's. So you think Rush is the guy you keep over Mike White? I, yeah, he's been better to this point. Yeah, he's been Cooper better. Cooper Rush has come on in the last two or three days and looked a and lot better. I don't better. think anyone at, at cut down day is going to be like, "Oh, I got to save a spot here. I'm going to put Mike White on my team." I think he's practice squad. And I think he makes it back to your practice squad. Again, that's before four games. All it takes is one <laughs> 65-yard throw on a rope for a touchdown <gasps> to 
Devin Smith, and you, and then both of them are, well, okay, we're back here on the break. Devin Smith is your top three receiver. I can't Michael. wait. We're going to get back from San Francisco. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything it always changes. happens. Everything changes. It always happens. Uh, okay, so I'll ask no. you guys this question. This is a bigger picture question. Do you see a scenario where Byron, I shouldn't even say it like that. Do you think it's it's a it's going it's likely to happen that Byron Jones gets a new deal with this team, knowing that they already have to sign those other three, big three. They got other guys like Jalen Smith coming down the pike. Do you think that this is a situation where if he has a great year, he outprices himself to some, to some degree, and if he has a not-so-good year, then the Cowboys may not necessarily want to do a deal? I don't want to do this to my guy, Byron, Night, one of the nicest dudes on the team, but he is he is screaming franchise tag to me. Like ah. That's what I think, and that's why I think it's – I would not be against that. That's why it's important for them to get these other deals done because you can't be franchising Dak – and while while you got Byron right. to worry about, I right. I don't want to just let him walk, but I'm not convinced. Uh, he's obviously the last priority. Like nobody even talks about the poor guy. Right, and you know? it's, he's got. I mean, his deal's up next year, yeah. right? Yeah, and for to his credit, like I mean, he could be doing the same thing. He can be like, screw you guys, pay me. Yeah, and, he, and he's not. So, um, he's on the fifth year of his deal though, which I mean, he's uh, like Amari Cooper. He's making much more than he was in the years prior to that, yeah. but. I'm not convinced. I, I want to see him do it again before I give him a long-term deal. Um, plus, you know, you variety and, and the, you know, the, the number of other deals you got to sign. So, me personally, I want to see those other three deals done so that you have yeah. the option to franchise him if you want to. I would have I would have thought that um, if he if he was up this year, I, I would have thought he would have been a, a better candidate for the, the franchise tag because he's only done it for like one year. But I think if he does it again this year, I think it's very similar to Demarcus Lawrence. You know, with the one year, I don't know if he's done enough. Let's franchise him. Let's see. And then he performs again, and now you know you got to sign him. So I think if he actually goes out and has a good year or better year, um, makes a few more turnovers, still has, still is a, a Pro Bowl level type guy. I think. I think that's enough to say. Let's. But sign yeah, him. you want to sign him. My my question more is, do you have the funds to that's sign him? Because you've mm -hmm. you've gone sign those three. Whoa, you whoa, got whoa. Tank. How do you know? I would bet any amount of money you're going <laughs> to sign those three. But you, then you got Tank that's making big money. You got three guys on your offensive line that are making big money. I mean, you got Jalen coming up. I mean, I think there are just so many. You can only go, you know, paying guys like up there in the top five in the league at their position only so many times. Your contracts right? probably go off the books, though, right? Yeah. I mean, you're if we're going to go ahead, I mean, I don't know if Tyrone Crawford will be there for the, for that money. I don't know if what Lyell's situation will be. Yeah. I, honestly, I think Lyell and Byron are kind of in the same position. I yeah. think if they have really great years, they might price themselves out of being with the Cowboys. And they have a bad year, then it's kind of like, well, do the Cowboys really want to sign them? Man, I wish McGovern was on the field. I yeah. I yeah. McGovern could really – Answer some questions yeah, for you. He would, it would have been really good because then that that pushes a lot of things around. You got now yeah. Connor Williams could maybe go out there, and so it's it's an interesting debate. You know, everything about modern football says you should value the cornerback, right? And also, much like running back, like linebacker just seems like a dying breed. You know, Patrick Willis was amazing for five six years, and then all of a sudden he was in too beat up to play anymore. Like at at your peak, you might get three to five years of elite play out of a linebacker. But it's the same thing with linebacker from a standpoint, too. If you get a special one, right. it's worth paying. Not and that's only where that. we got to find out this year is Jalen special like that. Jalen and Leighton both. Ask him. Much like, <laughs> much like my guy Deion Jones, like I think you're seeing a new breed of linebacker yeah. where 
if you can get side to side effortlessly and play a role in stopping how offenses are trying to spread you out, you become valuable again. You're not you're not plugging gaps the way that like Brian Urlacher yep. used to do. But if you can erase if if you can turn a 30-yard gain into a 2-yard gain cuz you're so damn fast to get out to the edge, that's really valuable. We've seen Leighton and Jalen do it. And by the way, in the case of Jalen, if you can blitz well cuz they're giving yep. him opportunities to blitz, if he can blitz well, if he can put up a season where he does what he already does, from the standpoint of making the tackles, but then throws in another four to six sacks, now you're really talking about something that can make him a very special linebacker uh, that makes it worthwhile to pay him. Which is why I feel kind of crazy. Like, if you, you know, and we'll have this whole season to watch it play out, but, like, if I had to pick right now, I think I'd rather keep my powder dry for Jalen Smith than try to sign Byron Jones to some sort of $80 million yeah. deal. That's the part that, that makes this really, really interesting. They've got so many contracts that at some point you have to make some choices, some hard choices. Which, so right? are we not – we're not buying into any of the kind of reports that are floating around that – you know, I said Charles Robinson from Yahoo, who typically has pretty good information, was saying – not saying it will happen, but a worst-case scenario would be you sign Cooper, you let Zeke figure himself out and franchise Dak if you don't get something done by the start of this season. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly hold in the franchise tag, I think, for Dak if you don't get a deal done. Because that's the one to me that makes the most sense. Because yeah. Dak is a guy I still want to see a mm -hmm. little more before I know kind of what I'm willing to pay him. I, I'm even of the opinion, like, let him play this season. I don't think the number changes drastically even if he has a really great year. I, I don't. I think the number's going to be the number. and uh, But I think you can even put him on a franchise tag, and I'd even be willing to pay him the franchise number for a quarterback for a year. Uh, but the point is, that's the guy that you probably have more questions about than Amari or Zeke. Well, um, so that's yeah. who you really want to hold that tag for, I would think. Which yeah. is why I'd rather get it done so I can use the tag on somebody else because yeah. I want to start the clock ticking. And you want to start ticking on Zeke, which is fair, but I want to start it ticking on Dak. Yeah. So in a worst-case scenario, you can get out of that situation sooner rather than later. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and flip over to the safety position. we got about five minutes left. I want to hit this real quick. Uh, are you guys more comfortable with safety now? than you were at this time last year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? Because Xavier Woods is Xavier. Xavier Woods. He pronounces it that way. Uh, he's out here kicking ass, just taking names, reading the field, hauling ass across one side of the field and picking off a ball that he was nowhere near, uh, being in the right place at the right time, that type of stuff. Uh, and, and he wasn't doing that this you know, time last year to be fair no not at all and to be fair I mean Byron Jones did a lot of that stuff a few years ago too and it didn't translate so they, and they brought in a veteran guy to push him and nobody's even mentioned mentioning yeah. him that's I, I did I, a, think, I think he plays on 13 now George Iloka yes yeah, 13 I did a radio hit on Saturday and somebody was like yeah they, they were like what's the how's that competition going at safety with George Iloka and Donovan Wilson fighting the There's so no I was like competition. what competition are you talking about uh, this is this is locked in. Jeff Heath and Xavier Woods are the guys, and honestly, through eight practices, they look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Good. who's so. the third best safety on this team right now? That is where it gets interesting because you got Kayvon, you got the the new kid Wilson, and you have George Iloka. Also, Darian Thompson, a guy that the team really loves that that we kind of forget about is definitely Darian Thompson. He made a nice play in the red zone the other day. Um, that's hard to say. I mean. Kayvon's your special teams ace and your right kind of guy. Iloka's a seven-year veteran. Wilson, like I said, Wilson's looked good when he's had a chance to hit people. And, and and Thompson, it seems like the team likes him. I don't know what to do with that. And that goes back to 
How many are you keeping? Four, five. I mean, because you gotta you gotta find a guy that can play safety if one of those guys gets banged up. And I say that you know, I know what they what they how they think about uh, Kayvon Frazier, but I don't think they really want to put him out there and play a lot of defense. I think he his value is special teams. So that sounds good, but at some point, who who's playing safety for you? Um, Which. It's not what he came here to do, but George Iloka could be that guy. And, I mean, he's been running with the threes. He's basically been a non-factor out here. But as we go, he might be the guy they feel the most comfortable with. Or or Thompson. That's a fair one, too. Is it somewhat alarming, though, to, to say that he's a veteran? He's a guy that has some ex- lots of experience. And playing against the third team, he's not been noticeable. Well, he, he's playing with the third team I, I'm probably because – they feel like they kind of have a good idea of what he can do, but they want to see what. No, Dustin and Wilson. I get that. What I'm saying, though, but it's even not then, so much that. I'm saying even playing against oh, third team oh. competition, he's, he's not, not really flashing much. out here. Does that concern you? Does that alarm you about where he is at this point in his career? Uh, it makes you forget about him. Right. Right. It's like, uh, who's this guy? Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. Do, it doesn't concern me because I'm just like, oh, well, this guy is a prime candidate to be a veteran cut. But right. I will, if I'm trying to defend George Iloka, I would say that's not his game. This isn't his game. Like he's another. He's put the pads on. He's a. He he's a. a they guy. want him to be a box safety. Like they want him down there in the muck. And he's he's had some nice plays down by the line of scrimmage. No no interceptions or anything like that. But he's yeah. I I'm not judging him off of these sort of practices. So they do need a backup safety. You can't just sit here and say, well, you know, special teams here, special teams there. I mean, you got to have somebody because. When Kayvon Frazier came in the game for a few snaps in Seattle week three last year, I think Tyler Lockett was in the end zone in like five seconds for a touchdown. <laughs> and so I'm just saying it's a noticeable difference. I love Kayvon. We all do. But I don't think that's his strong suit is to go out there and play defense. Uh, I don't know what to do with that position after the starting two. I have no idea. Like, it's just something we're going to have to see just play hope out. that they're going to be healthy. See how these <laughs> yeah. work in the games and maybe – you know, Donovan Wilson, the light keeps coming on for him. And like you said, when you know he's a physical player and he'll make plays in the games. All right. He reminds me of, of a young Kayvon Frazier, actually. So We appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow at our normal time, 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's noon for you guys back in Dallas. So then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!